Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello again, everybody. It is time for the Mainland Podcast. We're up to episode number 116. And I'm Michael Citra, the founder and uh, managing editor of TheMainland.com, and I am joined by David Rowe up in Tallahassee. Dave, how are we doing this week? Uh, pretty good. Just trying to stay warm, you know, with this cooler than normal weather. But, uh, you know, once again, no big deal. We have jackets. Yeah, and we are uh, interminable, uh, interminable, uh, whatever the word is, babies uh, here in Florida uh, compared to other parts of the country. Uh, because I was noting today that I was chilly. And it was like 60 degrees, but it was, you know, it was in the shade and there was some breeze and I was like, I'm cold. And then I looked at my phone and went, uh, I am a wuss. I am, I am not, uh, <laughs> I'm, I am not, uh, really, uh, a, a shadow of my former Ohio self when I could, uh, you know, would have shorts on and short sleeve shirt and be running around. Yeah. And, same here and, from my former Maryland yeah. self. I mean, we were practically, you know. They're so close. We were closer when you were in Ohio and I was in Maryland than we are now. Um, is that true? I don't think that's no, no, true. It's no, actually, no, no, no. It may not be actually true. It's, clo- it's close, though. I, that's one of those things that sounds true, but it's not even close to being true. Um, because I, I can be in Tallahassee in four hours, but I from Ohio, uh, I could not be in Maryland in four hours. Yeah, but I was almost in Pennsylvania. <laughs> it was, um, I think... I did the drive from Columbus to Philly in eight hours, I think. Okay. Well, it still feels true. Or was it six hours? I think it was eight hours. I think it was six to Chicago and eight to Philly. And, you know, everything else was like a breeze. It was two to Cleveland, two to Cincinnati, um, three to Pittsburgh, you know, three to Detroit. You could – the great thing about the Midwest, you go to a lot of events and not have to drive that far to do it. It's, uh, it's beauty. Well, and what I think our <laughs> our listeners will really appreciate is the uh, the amount of time and attention that we're giving to <laughs> mid- Midwest travel. Yes. yes, and I mean, and the same thing's uh, true in the Northeast. Is if you live, you know, in Baltimore, you go, you can go to D.C., you can go to New York, and go to Philly in, in relatively mm-hmm. short period of time. And you know, that's that's always great uh, for like if you like a band and they're coming around and you're like, Ooh, if I go, if I can play this right, you know, I can see them, you know, four nights in a row or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. But as you say, 
we digress. So let's get back to the task at hand. I've been putting this off because, uh, you know, Orlando City did not do not win or draw on Saturday, and uh, it's it's a little bit of a it's sticking in my craw because it was it was Adrian Heath coming in to the Purple Palace with his loons and bringing uh, Kevin Molino along with him and uh, leaving with uh, a 2-1 victory and all of the spoils. And uh, that was not something that you or I foresaw happening. Nope. And I have to say that based on, you know, if you read the comments and if you read social media, it, it, it sounds that people, it sounds like people feel like, it was a dominating performance by Minnesota that Orlando City got overrun. Um, I don't believe that's the case. I believe this was a game where Minnesota made the most of its chances and Orlando City just didn't. And, you know, um, it started with an early goal from, from Minnesota. Not terribly early, but, um, you know, and Kevin Molino uh, started that play off. And it honestly was a play that I thought looking at it live was way offside. But uh, on uh, on the, the replay, I, I thought that the refs got it right. I thought that Tarek was uh, late stepping up and, and even Scott Sutter may have been keeping the play onside from the other side of the field. So um, it was disappointing, certainly, because um, nobody tracked the run of Ethan Finley and uh, um you know, Bendik uh, realized the danger a little late, but it still would have been a tall task for him to make the save in that situation. Basically, 1v1 with uh, a pretty good player in Ethan Finley, um, who I thought was uh, probably uh, Minnesota's best player on the night. I, I thought Molino played well before he got injured, and, and we certainly uh, wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, it's awful, awful that he tore his uh, other ACL uh, in his other leg, or his other knee. Um, you know, in his return here to Orlando, what was, I'm sure, an emotional night for him. And, and uh, you know, to end it on crutches uh, had to be just devastating. Um, so, you know, Minnesota takes the, the lead and now you're you're battling uphill. And of course, now you're uh, again, you're trying to you're trying to maybe do too much. And a lot of these guys still new, still learning how each other operates. I thought that. Um, maybe Justin Merrim was uh, a little bit not as sharp as he was in the opener. Um, still did a lot of good things, but um, you know he was dropping deeper and deeper to get involved. And of course, if he's if his if he's deployed as a, a second striker, uh, to have him dropping deeper and deeper is is detrimental when you work the ball up because now he's not in the box and uh, you need guys up in there that can uh, put the ball in the net. So. Um, that I think will be alleviated with, you know, some with the return of Sasha Kleshton. And, um, and I certainly think that this team is, is still, um, looking a little bit for an identity, but I mean, it's kind of hard to, to formulate that identity when your three DPs are not playing. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people will say, uh, the cynical types anyway, will say, um, you're making excuses and, um, you know, the, there's, there's no reason for this. It's not acceptable to lose to a bad team. I know that, you know, in the history of soccer, no, no bad team has ever won a game against a good team. I mean, that's never no. happened. I mean, <laughs> um, but, uh, still, never. but still, you know, we're here to, to talk about it. And so it was, it was one nil and, um, then, uh, Orlando lost uh, lost Stefano Pino as if the injury and suspension uh, problems weren't 
you know, bad enough. Pino goes down um, on, you know, what could have been a penalty uh, on another mm-hmm. night. I mean, he was he was given a good one-handed shove in the air by Calvo on a on an aerial ball. He came down awkwardly and uh, did his ankle, it looked like, and his knee. He, he tweeted about it. It's, it's, been, it's since been deleted, but he said it was, uh, he called it an ankle ligament and a little bit his knee, he said. Uh, but we don't have an official word yet. Um, but, you know, again, Pino left the stadium on crutches, so you would suspect this is going to be a lengthy uh, time out for him, which is it's too bad considering he, uh, his debut went so well. Yeah, um, and not like that, but we're now down to one, you know, true striker uh, with Chris Mueller, uh, seeing as Dom is not back yet, and, and then Stefano goes out, and so um, that that creates uh, issues for a team that, um, you know, the one guy who scored in you know the run of play was uh, Pino, and uh, the other one, of course, was uh, Yotun in this past game, but. Um, we uh, we need to score some goals if we're going to win some games, and uh, it's going to be tougher to do that without more forwards. Absolutely, and um, you know it's it, it just it is what it is. You got to got to have to weather the storm, and it, it's it's unfortunate that you know it, you looked at the schedule and you thought, oh, being at home might help alleviate some of the problems with so many new players. Um, but then you get the guys being out and you almost would rather have these games be on the road because, um, it, a, it takes pressure off them, but B, if they struggle, you know, they're on the road, so they're supposed to struggle. So, uh, you don't lose those valuable home points, but, um, you know, you got to play them the way the schedule says to play them. And, and unfortunately, uh, caught a little bit stretched at the beginning of the season here in these home games. So, um, anyway, getting back to the game, you know, uh, one of the things, uh, the bright spots, I thought, was Richie Larea. He didn't, I think, start the game very well. I thought he started a bit tentatively, uh, but only a second MLS start. I think a lot of people forget that. He's he's come in as a sub a few times, but uh, has not um, not been a regular starter at all. And it's uh, it's a big it's a big ask for a young player to come in and and um, you know fill that number ten role, and that that they were asking him to fill. And I thought that. After a settling in period where he was leaving a lot of room in the midfield, I thought he did settle in well, made some nice plays. Then he uh, he gets into the box and draws a penalty. He gets fouled, and of course it was called a free kick at first, and then went to video review, and and uh, sure enough, it, the foul did look to occur inside the line. So um, you know Yoshi steps up, nails the penalty, sends the goalkeeper the wrong way. Uh, you know not the best penalty, but uh, he certainly. Uh, you know, if you don't send lamps in the wrong way there, you kind of look silly because he's probably going to stop the shot. But uh, yeah, I, I believe that Yoshi did, uh, you know, look up, was aware of what the goalkeeper was doing, what his body language said. And I think that's why he went where he went. So, um, you know, good penalty in the end because it went in. Well, the uh, the neatest thing about that whole scenario for me was um, the VAR call went for Orlando. <laughs> um, that just, you know, we're so, uh, we're, we're, we're so, uh, shell shocked, uh, you know, typically, uh, on calls that it, it, that happens and you're like, Oh, they're looking at it. Oh, that's probably going to be a foul on us for some reason. It's going to go the <laughs> other way. And instead it's a penalty kick and you're like, Oh wow, that's, that's great. <laughs> um, you know, so for me it was, it was a, uh, th- that was the, uh, 
that was the coolest thing about it was that it was a penalty that went our way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, the you know just speaking to the the, the entirety of the match itself, um, I'm as I'm watching it, I'm, I'm bemoaning our passing. To me, it looks like we're not passing very well. And it's kind of eyeball test as I'm watching it live. Um, but when you go back and you look at the stats, um, you know, we held time of possession, you know, 55 and a half percent. And, you know, passing percentage was 81 and a half. I mean, it was, you know, the stats aren't bad. It just, you know, it didn't feel as crisp as the week before. Right. It, it it didn't, and I think a lot of that is because uh, of how sharp Justin Merrim was in Game 1, and he wasn't as sharp in Game 2. But I thought that, um, you know, as you move through the game, you know, eventually, you know, Orlando had more and more of the game. They started to, to take shots, uh, not a lot of really super dangerous chances. Uh, and then, uh, you know, bam, they get hit on the counter. And uh, it's 2-1 and, and, you know, just, I think, a, a rough all-around play. I mean, you give the ball away and then you, you're trying to get back to recover. And um, I didn't think Scott Sutter made a very good effort in, in keeping the ball from getting in behind him. And once that happened, it was a very dangerous play. Because it went from, uh, from uh, uh-oh to, oh, crap, <laughs> in a right. hurry, right? When it got behind Sutter, it went from uh-oh to oh, crap. And... Um, you know, a lot of people have complained about uh, Mohamed Munir got exposed. He was not good on that play, but you know, you're asking him to track back against a pretty crafty wing wing player in in Finley, and the the, the cross was spectacular. You, you have to tip your cap. That was a, a well uh, executed and orchestrated counterattack, and um, you know, hats off to the Loons. They they got it done and they executed that. And Orlando City uh, could not. Uh, breakthrough. Uh, Lampson had a fingertip save on one uh, on one play, uh, and then mm-hmm. uh, the, another another uh, would be goal cleared off the line. So Orlando City had its chances. Um, outshot Minnesota 19 to 10. Outpossessed them. Um, outpassed them. Uh, another you know night about 82% passing. So um, we are seeing some quality play from players that you know realistically have no business being as fluid as they've been. Um, Considering, you know, again, two rookies in the in the lineup, a lot of new guys who haven't played together, and you know, really a lot of the leadership uh, sidelined, a lot of the the attacking play sidelined, and and it was never more apparent than when Larea had to come off. He was uh, he's not, you know, he's still returning from an adductor strain and and you know jason christ did not want him to go 90 minutes so he pulls him off and you look down the bench and what do you have as an attacking option and 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 at this point you've made your your, you've made your sub mueller for pino and so you've got two subs left you've got you look down your bench and you know who do who do you call into the attack and and he went with tony rocha which i've seen a lot of criticism about but um you know i don't think the christian nagita is the answer there um, no. I'm not sure really where your goals are going to come from at that point. Cause like I said, almost every notable absence is in the attacking, uh, third of the pitch for Orlando city right now. So, you know, Rocha came on and, you know, he didn't pass poorly, but he's, he's not as quick and nimble as Larea. And he's, he's really being asked to do something that he's, uh, never really shown a whole lot of ability to do. He's, he's played, uh, up a bit with OCB, but I mean, this is another level and, 
you know, you just have to go with what you have. And at that point, uh, you don't have a whole lot left. And then the, the third sub, and again, I, I don't understand the criticisms of the subs. Scott Sutter had a tough night, in my opinion, and he brings on RJ Allen. And, um, you know, uh, at that point, it, it's not a bad person to bring on. So it's, um, it's like for like and a quality player. Right. And, and so I, I don't have a problem with any of the subs. I, I, I find it hard to believe that people have... Um, I, I think that from what I've seen, I tend to think most of the people that have problems with the subs are are big Christian Nagita fans, maybe. Um, okay. Definitely people that want to see him in the lineup. Um, but, you know, I, number one, I don't think that he reported in shape. And number two, um, I don't think that his he's he's showing um, the team first um, mentality necessarily that I think a, a lot of the other players are, are are showing. I, I don't know that. That's a, just a gut feeling. But my my gut tells me that they tried to move him this window and they'll probably try again in the summer. Uh, right. But... Well, and, you know, speaking of that team first, one thing, despite the loss, is what we've seen so far in these first two matches is this team does not give up. Right. Um, they, whoever's out there is trying they're on the ball maybe trying too much you know we, we did get beat on the counter mm-hmm. um and you know because of that you know the back line might have looked a little out of sorts and um you know because maybe pressing too high and you know not tracking back uh, well enough which you know then they get beat on the counter like we said so i think i think what we saw was good play from minnesota on the counter I mean, they were, there was, were, you know, if, if it was Orlando city that made those plays, you would have lauded them as great plays. So just because it was the other team doesn't mean they weren't great plays. Um, Finley had a excellent game, mm-hmm. which I called last week. I said, you know, he was one of my, you know, guys to watch out for that was going to be dangerous. Um, I hate that I was right, but evidently I was that time. Um, and so the, the team felt a little out of sort, and I think that goes back to, like you said, Miram not looking as sharp as he did the week before, which everybody has an off game. Mm-hmm. I don't care how long you've been a pro. Every once in a while, it the ball doesn't bounce your way. You know, the, the passes don't go where you want them, what have you. That was this game for Miram. Do, you know, should we call for his head? No, of course not. He's, he's going to be fine. He'll probably step it back up. Uh, this weekend and you know we'll see you know we'll see the reason why we brought him in again um and then of course you know we've got sasha coming in uh you know with him so i i think that the the takeaway for me is while it was disappointing um i like the heart of the the players are showing and i think like you said it's the the result is the result you got to take it and move on and you know, we'll try again next week. Right. I mean, the, the people that um, are lamenting the this start, um, you know, all you got to do is look back last year and say, well, you know, they won five of their first six at home and uh, they were on top of the table after two months. And look where it got them. So, you know, early results don't necessarily mean uh, that you are, are good or a good or a bad team. I don't think the Portland Timbers are going to end up being a bad team even though they're 0-2 and have been outscored 6-1 to in two games. Um, but, 
<laughs> and they got overrun by basically New York Red Bulls reserves in week two. So um, I, it's much too early to panic. Uh, Minnesota got the win uh, another night. Orlando City could have had three penalties in that game. I mean, we talked about the um, the push that Calvo gave to uh, Pino in the air. You know, uh, there was another moment where uh, Mueller got loose in the box and was about to take a shot and got bundled over from behind. Um you know, he's a rookie. He's not going to get that call. Maybe, um, maybe he's, you know, maybe the ref thought he went down too easy, but, uh, again, he's, he's a player that's, you know, just out of college. He's not yet going, you know, at what the strength level he's going to be in a couple of years. So, uh, maybe he doesn't go down next year, maybe scores that goal. And, uh, you know, a fingertip save by Lampson on a set piece and a, and a clearance off the line. So, I mean, you get a couple breaks go your way, and instead of talking about a loss, you're talking about a win. So based on that, the possession, the passing, uh, the shot differential, I don't think you can say Minnesota outplayed Orlando City. They did outscore them. They did outscore them, and, and they they played the, the counter very well. Um, you know, we're obviously a team that's trying to play possession this year based on our current data of two matches. And um, if that's what we're trying to do, well, it's, it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hopefully the results will then come. Um, but occasionally if, uh, if a team's um, doing well with the counter, it'll, you know, you can lose a game like that yeah. very easily as we saw. And Minnesota, I think a lot of people think of Minnesota, they think of the historically bad start that they got off to last year, but the team has settled down. Um, they have much better defenders now than they had last year. Calvo is a legitimate good center back and they got a better goalkeeper. So um, their, their, their problem wasn't getting goals. Their problem was preventing them. And right. so I, I'm not sitting here saying Minnesota is going to make the playoffs or anything, uh, but I'm saying they're not as bad as maybe people think they might be. So um, we shall well, see um, how that, how that also uh, turns out over the course of the season. So I, I would have rather played, uh, you know, Inchi and Molino coming back into town when when the full team was healthy and, and ready to play. But you can't really control that. So uh, you tip your cap, you moved on and you pick your man of the match. Dave, who was your David Rowe man of the match? My man of the match. Um, I I was back and forth on this one a little bit. Um, but uh, ultimately, I went with Yotun. Um, you know, he did step up and, and get the, uh, the, the PK goal for us. Um, I thought that he played well overall. Um, he, uh, you know, his passing percentage was good. And, um, you know, in a, in a match where, you know, I don't think anybody, nobody like, you know, last week, Merrim was obviously, you know, the best player on the field, or at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't anybody that was hands of, you know, head head above everybody else so um i I feel you know doing doing what you're supposed to and then stepping in and and making the pk when you're supposed to uh for those very simple reasons uh yotun is my man of the match yeah i agree with that i I think yotun is the man of the match i i don't i i think you can point to every player on the field and, and point to some mistakes but i think that yotuns were fewer and further between and, and maybe not, not ever as glaring as some of the others. Um, so I think a good performance from him and he's worthy of man of the match to me. So uh, again, we, t- we talked about Pino being injured. We don't really know at this point, you know, how long he's out. I would not expect 
him back for a good two months. Anytime somebody yeah. leaves on crutches, and it could be longer. Anytime somebody leaves on crutches, uh, you're talking about something that's going to take a while to recover from sufficiently to where you can run and cut, and, and then then you got to get back into match fitness. So it's going to be a while for him. So Mueller's the man until Dom comes back. Um, good news though for Orlando City fans. So, you know, we've, it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, come on, it's two games into the season, uh, a hard-fought point, uh, a man down for an hour. Uh, not all doom and gloom. Sasha Kleshin returns from a suspension this week against New York City FC. So um, that should, I think, alleviate Justin Merrim dropping deeper. Uh, mm-hmm. He will hopefully be able to serve as that second um, forward a little bit more. Uh, and uh, we'll see how uh, Kleshin does uh, as he's going to be the man dropping in and distributing and pulling the strings in the midfield. And Merrim won't have to do that. So Kleshin and, and Yotun can maybe serve... Uh, a little bit more as set-up men uh, coming forth into New York City on their tiny baseball diamond, and uh, hopefully that will yield some results as they've had some success in that building and against that team. Uh, other good news for Orlando City, because you want good news. You come here hoping for good news. Dom and Josue Coleman return to full training today as we record this. Uh, Excellent. So um, don't expect them in the lineup on Saturday. Uh, I think they're going to be doing some training, taking it uh, a little bit easy, uh, maybe still getting a little bit more rest and uh, and recovery. Uh, They've got a bye week after the New York City game, and then maybe we will see them in the lineup for the New York Red Bulls game. And that's a game that I think probably, if I were to guess, they'll both be on the bench and come in in the second half. And then we might see them starting uh, coming in April. Well, like you said, um, you know, being back in training just means that or being back in full training means, okay, the the recover from the injuries. But when you're recovering from an injury, you cannot train at the level you need to to be match ready. So that's the next step. Um, so no, I do not expect to see either of them on the field this weekend. Um, I agree, you know, Red Bulls game, probably not starting, um, especially depending on, you know, with Sasha back and, and how Mueller's doing. Um, if, if they have a good game, um, there's no reason to, there's absolutely no reason to rush anybody back because if you do that, then you're risking re-injuring and, Nobody wants that. Yeah, I, I think they'll be careful with these guys coming back. I think that um, one of the things that uh, really was a, a detriment to the team was was Dom coming back for preseason game and then, uh, you know, not aggravating an injury, but maybe uh, one injury begetting another, which you sometimes see with muscles. Um, you know, if you, you come back a little too soon, maybe you're um, – don't have the quite the strength you need and, and, and another muscle group can can overcompensate and get strained and that kind of thing and um, you know that happened so I think they want to be extremely careful get everybody back you know just go ahead and, and test that depth and get guys minutes and uh, and then you know bring them back like I said I think if I were to guess we'll see them in the 18 against the Red Bulls coming off the bench and then maybe uh, April the first start of April they'll 
uh, once the calendar turns, maybe back to the starting lineup for those guys. So um, it'll be great to see how they're used. I can't really wait to see what this team looks like when it's, you know, the majority of the players are available. Also, this uh, this week against New York City, the final game of uh, Pierre de Silva's three game suspension. So, uh, starting with the Red Bulls game, he'll be available and he's a guy that I suspect would have been on the bench, uh, for, uh, for selection, uh, for that Minnesota game had he not been suspended. Cause, uh, again, attacking options were few and far between in that game. Indeed. And, and continue to be so, uh, other than the return of, of Sasha, hopefully freeing up Merrim. Yeah. All right, Dave, so we'll turn the page on Orlando City until a little bit later. We'll talk to our special guest. We got uh, uh, two weeks into the season, two rookies on the podcast. So we'll talk to Cam Lindley a little bit later uh, for uh, for this week's uh, podcast guest. We will turn our attention now to the Orlando Pride. Last we talked, they had one preseason game remaining, and they went and demolished the University of South Florida, as you would suspect. And again, the international players were not back for that, so a lot of trialists in the lineup. Uh, but mm-hmm. one thing is constant, and that is Sydney LaRue scoring goals in the preseason. And uh, she got another one to get the uh, Pride started. Um, Pride went out, took a 4 nothing lead. Um, all four different goal scorers. South Florida had the, uh, the gall and the gumption to score a goal against the Pride uh, to make it 4-1. And so Christine Nairn didn't like that. So she, uh, from, from the center <laughs> circle, she chipped the goalkeeper on the restart <laughs> and made it five to one. It was, uh, it was, that was goal of the week. I don't care. I don't care what, uh, league you're playing in that one goal of the week in every league. Yeah, it was, it was really great. I wanted to ask her, uh, today as we record this on Wednesday, we normally record this on Tuesday. Um, it was pride media day and I wanted to ask her about that, but we only get, uh, five minutes uh, with each of the players and, um, there's a group of people, uh, in the room to ask questions. So you don't really get, um, uh, the one-on-one opportunity, but I really wanted to talk to her about that and, and, and ask her how many times she's tried that from the restart to chip the goalkeeper. But, uh, yeah, the, the college goalkeeper down there at South Florida will learn from that experience and Indeed. be more on her toes from now on, I suspect. <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, I know that, that Nairn scored, uh, and Sydney scored and she scored, um, I'm blanking on who else scored in that game. Uh, let's see. Well, Sid, Nairn, um, she, um, Weatherholt. Yeah. Yeah. Weatherholt. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, it's good to see the goals getting spread around and, um, we will, we will see what happens with the pride now that, uh, they are back together. Everybody, but the Australians were here today. They, uh, are, uh, Preparing for some World Cup qualifying, the Asian Cup, uh, the Women's Asian Cup is uh, in April, so we won't see Alana Kennedy or Emily Van Eggman until the end of April, um, and they'll probably get a week to recover from the travel and the uh, the heavy um, fixture schedule with the World Cup qualifying. But um, it, this is going to be a, a really fun pride team to watch, Dave. Um, oh yeah. We talked uh, at uh, today at to several players. I think we had talked to seven players, talked to Tom Sermani and Alex Laytow. 
uh, and it was uh, it was a very optimistic group. Um, Ashlyn Harris uh, started it off. Uh, we were supposed to get Marta first, but it, she got delayed. So, um, you know, they had all kinds of things going on. They're, they were doing video stuff for the video board. They were doing, uh, you know, photos. They were doing photo shoots for, um, you know, the Sentinel and some stuff like that and, and a lot of TV. So. Uh, it was, but it's always fun to be at these events. And Ashlyn was there first, and she said, um, you know, one of the things that stood out to her is that the team will be organized from the start of the season, unlike you know, like last year, um, not quite as much. And that was a, a sentiment that a few of the players echoed, uh, that you know, last year. Alex wasn't uh, in training camp. Marta wasn't tra- in training camp because she hadn't been signed yet. Um, both are in camp this year. Um, it, it's uh, everybody talked about the intensity picking up and the, uh, you know, with the international players coming back from from uh, being away. Uh, they talked about the the pressure of just making the lineup for you know making the game sheet for. Uh, for you know the first game and then and beyond and, and having to bring it every day with the 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 way that the team depth has been built this off season. Um, Allie Krieger mentioned that uh, she said I didn't even realize we had holes in the team and then we brought in these other players and it's like you know things just got more <laughs> intense and more and more intense and 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 everybody's uh, you know feeling that pressure that they need to bring it every single day not not take a day off not take a training session off not take a, a single training exercise off so um, that's kind of cool Marta was not there for like the fitness testing and stuff and she said she feels more you know, more involved and, and more of a, a part of the team going into the season this year than last year. So that was kind of cool. Um, you know, we talked to Shalina Zadorsky and uh, it was great to, you know, see her, you know, meet her in person after having her on the podcast. And I said, I thanked her for coming on. And um, then, uh, you know, we talked to Alex Morgan, Sydney uh, LaRue, um, who was, you know, just raving about Orlando and how the, the community has embraced her whole family, you know, her and, and Dom mm-hmm. and, and uh, of course, their son, Cassius, who uh, uh, there was a great picture of him. I was there when it was taken of him. Uh, he's sitting sitting facing the stadium, the inside of the stadium and the pictures from behind him. And he's it's he's looking out. And you can see the Orlando, uh, you know, written across the seats. And it's like. Wow, that's kind of goosebumps right there because that could be like the future of Orlando City <laughs> soccer right there. Because I mean, you know, he's got the bloodlines, so if they right. hang around a bit, you know, you're talking homegrown player maybe. Yeah, first, uh, <laughs> first family of Orlando soccer. That's right. It was it was really um, you know cool and uh, Christine Nairn was another one we talked to. So um, just a, a it, it just seems like everybody's very excited about this. Um, this season going in and, and uh, you know, just chomping at the bit to, to start this thing, because it really does feel like this could be a special year for the pride. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the uh, acquisitions in the off season, you know, we spoke about them in previous podcasts. It's um, they like, like, well, like Ali said, you know, there's, there was holes and, and we kind of knew that they were there, even if Ali didn't. And um, you know, seeing what they did, who they brought in. It's, it's very promising. And then to have them all together at the start 
you know, other than the Australians, uh, is very promising as well. Because if if they can start off the year the way they finished last year, who knows? Uh, it's you know they made the playoffs last year. I fully expect that to happen again. You know, even though we haven't played one match, I I know that's their expectation. Uh, they probably expect more, but um, it's it's a pretty pretty stacked group and if they're if they're being that intense in practice and if the competition is that good the product on the field is going to be great the sentiment was that uh it's the most talented club team that that most of these women have been on in their careers and um they firmly believe that they are as good as anyone in not just in the nwsl but in the world i i believe they they think they could take on, you know, Lyon and some of these, uh, you know, teams in Europe and, and, and work, you know, uh, and do just fine and stand toe to toe with them. So, uh, it, looking at the lineup, it's kind of hard to argue with that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tom Sermani's done a great job of, of from year one to year two, getting star players in place to keep their heads above water and be competitive in the league. And then, you know, little by little chipping away at the cracks and, you know, you really didn't see the cracks last year once the whole team was together, and except when people got hurt. Um, right. That's when you started to notice the cracks in the team. And, and this year, you know, with the whole line, with the whole lineup available, there are no cracks in this team. There's just none. And um, and in fact, they've they've gotten some some more bite to the team, some more you know tenacity. I think that Zadorsky will bring that to the back line, and I, I certainly have heard already from the, all of the players we talked to that Sidney LaRue is bringing that to, to the attacking players, you know, to the, to the attack uh, of Orlando or the Orlando pride, because, you know, every, I think at least three people said today, every time you see Sid get stuck in on a challenge, whether it's uh, going forward or, or coming back and helping out defensively, it just makes you want to do it more and, and to give that and to be more physical. And if this pride team, can be more physical than last year. That's really the only thing that was missing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, how great has Sid been this preseason? I mean, just goal after goal, but also, like you say, inspiring those around her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially for a little while with the international players all being gone, she kind of stepped into that void uh, created by by them being out, and has proven to be a um, a leader. And a an example uh, mm-hmm. for team that is already you know trying harder you know than maybe previous and is you know we talk about there being no cracks well that's partly because um, we you know they filled in the cracks but they they didn't just do that that they doubled down on a lot you know there's so if somebody does go out there's somebody behind them now that can step in and not have a drop off in the level of play yeah. And, and Sid, uh, you know, I asked her, I said, We're, do you feel like you are, you know, you're scoring goals, but it's just the preseason. But do you feel like you're 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 finally getting the form back that, you know, you're capable of and that you've you've had in, in previously in your career? And, you know, she said it, it took her longer than she expected to recover from, you know, from having uh, the baby and everything. And it, it, it was harder to come back from than she imagined it would be. And that she does feel like she's she's just about back to the old Sid. So 
uh, if that's the case, this, this could be an extremely potent lineup. Uh, you throw in, you know, Rachel Hill and what she was able to do uh, in in the W League and, and to bring that confidence back to the NWSL. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chioma Bogagu is is another player. I mean, th- this this is a an attack that could be just absolutely lethal. Uh, so if they just improve a little bit physically and improve uh, on the defensive end, this is a team that should challenge for the cup. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to watching them all season. It's, it, I know I said it a bunch last season, everybody, but it's a fun team to watch. And now we've added pieces. It's get on board, start watching. It's going to be, it's going to be a blast to watch this team. I think they're, I, I also think they're going to go out and there, there's going to be a joy to their play. You're going to be able you're going to see a team that wants to be out there, wants to be playing for each other. And I think the results will follow. And, and it really is attractive soccer. It's not just boring, uh, you know, sit back and wait for your opportunities to counter. It's not. Oh, like, heck no. It's not methodical and defensive that this team likes to possess the ball, and they like to attack. So, uh, you know, Alex Leitao, the, the CEO, I mean, he he's, you know, he's Brazilian. And he said that, you know, women's soccer in, in his country never was a big thing, you know, when he was growing up and, and that kind of thing. But he got here and, and it's, you know, he's seen the growth of it. And he went and just started watching games and, you know, he, he doesn't look at it as women's soccer. He looks at it as soccer. And he said, it's, it's an outstanding game. It's, it's, it's played at a high level and, and yeah. uh, people should come and see it. And I can't argue with any of that. Cause uh, you know, you're right. This team last year was way more fun to watch than Orlando city was. And, <laughs> and that's not to say that uh, that's, that's not damning with faint praise because I know Orlando city was quite unwatchable on some nights, but this was a team that was never really unwatchable. Um, Maybe a game or two early in the season before they had everybody healthy and, and back uh, playing again. But um, you know, from the you know, about a third of the way into the season, that team kicked it in to gear. And, and just, like I said, they were, if not the best, one of the two or three best teams in the league uh, from the third of the, from about a third of the way through the season to the end. So well, if you ever want to know the intensity that this team plays with, look at Marta's face almost any point in any match. Exactly. The look on her face <laughs> is one of just sheer determination that she is going to, you know, absolutely dominate no matter what. And uh, it's no wonder, you know, that she's the player that she is. Cause it's, the look on her face and you can see it in a lot of the pictures that, you know, in action pictures of her, the look on her face is like, get out of my way. Cause I'm coming through. Yeah. Very intense player. Uh, looks like she wants to murder people a lot of the time while she's out there, <laughs> but it, incredibly just the opposite off the field. She is, uh, I think a lot of people see her on TV don't realize how, um, how much she likes to laugh, how funny she is, how, how, um, you know, how much passion and joy she has. It's she's, she's really a treat to talk to, even if she's talking through an interpreter like she was today, because she, you know, she wanted to make sure that all of her meanings were, were understood in English. And, you know, sometimes she can't find the right words. So right. she goes through an interpreter. She listens to the questions in English and then responds, but doesn't even wait for the translation. Um, but um, you could just see it on her face when her, even if you don't speak a word of Portuguese, you just start smiling when you, she's talking because you you just see on her face like what what the joy is in, in what she's saying and the passion of what she's talking about. And, um, you know, 
she's just very expressive and it's it's just fun to uh, be around her she's I would say has a lot different personality than Kaka had, even though she's just as big a star in the women's side. Um, but one thing that she, you know, one in one way that she is like Kaka is that she's she's not a diva. She's not, um, you know, standoffish. She's extremely right. extremely affable. So it's 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 great to to have her on the team, and and I know that the her teammates love her to death. So. Uh, Go out, see this pride this year. You will be happy that you did. Uh, you know, even if you've never seen women's soccer before, or you think that you might not like it, go watch it. You will thank us and, um, and you will be hooked for life. I think. Agreed. <clears throat> All right. Well, that, uh, takes care of the, the business that we've had at hand thus far. I think it's uh, time to go and visit with our, our special guest, Cam Lindley. Uh, Dave, you were busy this week when I did the interview, so I handled it all alone. Uh, of course, Dave Rowe, not as committed to mainland uh, podcast <laughs> listeners as I am, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not going to yeah, hold that against you. You know, when out-of-town <laughs> guests come in on certain days, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously, uh, obviously not committed. Yeah. So, all right. So Cam was great. Uh, and you'll find out about that because we're going to get to the interview right after this. Joining us on the Mainland Podcast this week, very special guest from Orlando City SC, midfielder Cam Lindley. Cam, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to do this. So, um, you know, here you are, you're a couple games into your first professional season, and I wanted to just start by uh, talking a little bit about the trade from uh, the Chicago Fire to Orlando City. You were a, a homegrown prospect uh, for the Fire, and, um, you know, I just want to kind of get uh, your take, I mean, as, as with whatever you're comfortable sharing with us, uh, of why mm-hmm. there was, uh, you know, a, a desire for a move from Chicago to another club. Yeah, um, so just throughout my youth career, I obviously played for Chicago Fire, um, so it was homegrown to them. Um, but when it came down to it, um, I had gotten, you know, a two or three contract offers from them, and I didn't um, feel like as if I fit into their, you know, their culture. They had, I had been in and out the first team, um, I had been invited, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, Chicago's a great organization. Um, I don't want to talk down mm-hmm. on them, but in terms of the way I play and the way I carry myself, um, it didn't seem to line up with um, Nelson and Pano, and obviously they're great. They, they did great last year, all that kind of stuff. But in terms of what I want to do and where I saw myself out, you know, this year and two, three, four years down the road, it just didn't line up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily I ended up in a great place with Jason and his staff. You know, I'm glad, you know, Nikki took a chance on me. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of how it went about. Um, kind of asked, you know, if I could possibly, you know, if he could shop me around. And it took a while, about a month and a half. But it, it finally worked out just before school was about to start. So I was pretty excited. Kim, what was the, um, you know, what what made this the right time to, to sign an MLS contract and, and, and uh, you know, take the next step in your career? Yeah, so obviously college soccer was great. It worked out, you know, good for me and Chris both, just using us as examples because we're obviously playing together. Um, but I just felt like, you know, it was time to make make the jump because I didn't feel like as if I was getting pushed as much as I should. Um, I knew that I needed to get fitter. I knew that I needed to get stronger. And I knew I needed to be around guys like Sasha, Will, Justin Maram to do it. Um, so when I got, 
the news that I had been traded to Orlando, got on the phone with Jason right away. And just in things he was saying, I felt as if it was great for obviously myself, but I wanted to be a part of the team. I wanted to come to Orlando. I wanted to play in front of the fans. I wanted to play with the players. So I just think that in terms of, you know, joining the MLS, it was the right time for me to grow as a player and, you know, as an individual. Great. Well, you know, we had uh, Chris on the show last week. You know, you brought him up. And I just wondered, what was um, was uh, coming in as a rookie made easier by having Chris along? Did you guys uh, spend a lot of time together in camp up in Jacksonville and stuff? Yeah, Chris and I were roommates, so obviously we spent uh, a lot of time together. But I knew Chris growing up. We played against each other. He played for the Chicago soccer, so I had known Chris since I was about 11, 12 years old. So it was, it was pretty cool, and it definitely made it easier having someone to relate with. And me and him often talk about it. It's nice not playing the same position, you know, so we're not really fighting for a spot. So we can always push one other, one another along even more in a positive way. So it's, it's been pretty awesome. Now, Chris mentioned uh, we got his take on the – the song that you guys sang uh, at the dinner, at the team dinner, I wanted to get your like your thoughts and, and your perspective on, uh, you know, how you guys came up with the with the song idea and and you know how much you rehearsed it and, and that kind of thing and and who do you think who do you think did it better? <laughs> well, definitely me. I don't know if you saw that video, but I was really into it. Chris was just kind of standing there. Um, no, but we. Uh... We were pulled by Dom, and then that we possibly had to sing. So as soon as they said that, even a hint at it, him and I started looking for a song, and that one just kind of popped up. And you know, we rehearsed it all the time because they kept teasing us and saying, "Oh, tonight you're going to sing." So we were prepared a month a month in advance. So we were we were we were ready for it. So you guys did "Stand by Me," which is a little bit of an old school tune. Uh, who who uh, <laughs> you know? I wouldn't think guys your your age would uh, would know that one. Where did where did that one come from? Yeah, we were just thinking about easy songs to sing and that everyone would know. And uh, Chris, Chris stumbled upon that song, and he's like, yo, we should do this one. I, I, I know it. And I was like, yeah, so do I. So it was kind of funny that we did that one, and everyone liked it. So it worked out well. That's great. Um, so now when you arrived in uh, Orlando, and obviously you, you hung out with Chris quite a bit, uh, you knew each other, which of the veterans sort of took you under their wing and kind of showed you the ropes uh, when you got here and, and – and, sort of gave you the beginner's guide to being a professional soccer player. Yeah, I mean, it, coming in, obviously, as a rookie, it's tough, but this locker room has been super accepting. Guys like, obviously, our captain, Jonathan Spector, and Will Johnson, Joe Bendick, Dom Dwyer, you know, all those guys initially at first were, you know, coming up to you, you know, welcome to the family, not welcome to the team, welcome to the family. And, you know, as a rookie, that's something you want to hear. Um so that was awesome, obviously, off the field. And then on the field, all of them have been great. You know, even, you know, like guys like Richie, who haven't been around for long, have been super helpful. And then when we got the news, we signed Justin Merrim. That was incredible because I had watched Justin a lot, so had Chris, and we knew, you know, what he's capable of as a player. But, you know, him coming in, we didn't expect he would be such a good, you know, leader for us. And then obviously there's Sasha. Sasha kind of goes about being said. He's just a great veteran in this league great passer, great person. So it's been awesome. We're able to model our young careers after guys who have been great pros for many years. So it's an awesome experience so far. Now, how fortunate were you that it turned out to be Richie Cam and not Cam Cam? <laughs> I think Richie Cam sounds better than Cam Cam. No, it, it, I, was in, I was in the van every day when Dom started that. And it, it was super funny. And Richie, you know, has that big, bright smile. So it, it's hilarious every time it happens. I love it. <laughs> now, a lot of guys come in as rookies out of college, and they don't really, 
get a sniff, but you right from day one uh, fit in with the group really well. You got a start in your first ever MLS game uh, and you're, you've been starting uh, the first couple of games. Did that um, catch you a li- you know, did that catch you a little bit by surprise knowing uh, what kind of roster this is and, and uh, how tough it has been for college rookies? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, the, the mentality that Chris and I both came in, I, I would just say Chris, just cause we kind of talked about it a lot, but we just came in with our heads down and we came to work and that's just something that I guess, you know, Jason has told us, you know, that's the most important thing. And we just came to work and every day, Jacksonville, Orlando, wherever we were, we just came in every day, put in our shift and did what we had to do. So when it got closer to, you know, the preseason games and then the game of the season, I, I kind of started to think, and I was like, you know, I think I have a chance to play. Obviously we have, you know, Yuri, he's, he's an unbelievable player, but he was, he's still not, you know, fit. Um, so I was like, you know, I might, I might have a chance to play here. So I was, I guess a little bit prepared uh, about a week or two in advance, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's been an incredible feeling. And obviously looking, like you said, looking across the league, a lot of rookies don't even get a sniff. So I've been super lucky and Jason's system is amazing. And it fits me perfectly. Um, but no, there's obviously there's a lot that I have to work on, and I know that. But getting this experience in the first two games has already made me feel like I'm getting better. Well, let's talk a little bit about those first two games. First of all, playing uh, basically the the holding midfield role is that something uh, a little bit different for you? I know that you've you've got some background uh, as an attacking mid. Is that something that you were comfortable mm-hmm. stepping into that role? Yeah, it is. I played it um, more as a young kid around the 14, 15 um, age when I played for like the U17 national team. That's where I often find myself. But it was in a three, um, three person midfield. So it's a little bit different. It's actually the first time that I've been um, in the defensive mid spot by myself. So it's been a lot of learning. And the guys can tell you that at first I didn't quite grasp it. I obviously was able to, you know, kind of get the ball and pass. But there's a lot of other things that are involved in it. Um, so at first, I, it was it was pretty tough to grasp, but we worked on it um, day in and day out, and I'm starting to learn it. Obviously, there's a lot more I have to learn on both sides of the ball. More importantly, I think defensively. But um, yeah, it's definitely a transition. My mind's definitely um, more attack minded, but I need to be able to balance it out, and that's something that Jason and I talk about a lot, along with the other staff. So yeah, um, I think the system's great. You know, for a player like me who wants to get on the ball a lot, and we have a lot of numbers forward. But it was definitely a change. You know, coming from college where I played, you know, kind of basically attacking mid. So, but no, I think it fits me, and I think it's my position in the long run. Well, not to bring up any uh, anything negative, but uh, you know, I think it might have even mm-hmm. been your first touch, maybe that uh, was given away, yeah. given away in that first game. How do you how do you respond when? You know, I mean, you had to have like just crazy nerves going into your first pro game and then and then the first touch is a giveaway. And then you know, how do you settle down and bounce back from that? Because you did settle down and you did have a, a you know, what most considered a, a really solid game. Yeah, um, I, I knew something was going to happen. I didn't know when I didn't know where. Um, but, you know, it happened in my first touch, which is kind of crazy. Um, but, no, af- after that happened, Will came up to me and just kind of said, it happens to everybody, move on, buddy. Um, and then he, Joe just kind of laughed at me. And I just, you know, I just decided that this is everything I've dreamt of as a kid. I know that to help the team, I need to get on the ball. So I continued to just get on it again. And the nerves kind of went away after that first bad pass. And I was glad they didn't score, obviously. I think I, it would have been a little bit different if they would have scored. Um but, you know, it was it was a good, you know, good feeling throughout the rest of the game, being able to get on the ball and try to help the team as much as I could. 
All right, I want you to put your coaching hat on for a second and, and give me give me a an analysis of Cam Lindley's first two MLS games. Yeah, um, I think um, I think the thing that probably stands out, you know, most and on the positive side, um, we always try to stay positive in our locker room. Obviously, focus on the negatives, but um, I think in my passing percentage has been, you know, pretty high for a rookie. I get on the ball a good amount, and I'm able to show a good range of passing, you know, whether it be out wide or through lines. Um, so that's always a positive, I think, in terms of work rate, too. It's been um, better than, I guess, I would have even expected. And here at, at Atlanta City, we say that we give 100%, 100% of the time. Um, so I think that's important. I've covered a lot of ground. But on the negative side, there's there's defensively, there's a lot of stuff that still needs to be worked on. And um, I know that I'm in the gym about four days a week doing all the extra stuff. And I think that the staff thinks and so do I that, you know, as, as I get stronger, as I get quicker and working on the gym stuff that the defensive stuff will come along, but that's definitely stuff that you can see that I get exposed a little bit and that's areas where I need to improve. And it's all just about mentality as well. Um, I need to commit to it even more on the defensive side of the ball. So what is the mood like for this team? I, I know it's um, early in the season. You guys have, have, have uh, had some adversity with some injuries and, and some fitness and some suspensions. Uh, but what this week going into New York City, first road game, you get Sasha Kleschen back. What does that do for you in, in, in the locker room? What is that? What, what is the, the mindset going into this weekend? Yeah, well, Sasha, obviously we have a lot of leaders. Our captain, Jonathan, is is great leader. But just Sasha, just the way he plays, he calms everybody down, um, especially for a guy like me. Um, being If you get in trouble, just just give the ball to Sasha. It's kind of the kind of the way you look at it but no it, it's great having him back um it just it brings about another you know another leader within the team that that's irreplaceable a player that has what 37 assists in the past two years in mls come on um so no but getting getting him back and being able to being able to have him this weekend against a team that he's familiar with um will definitely be very nice um and the mood's actually pretty good. You know, we, we obviously have a lot of guys out. You know, Jason's not been able to put out his first-choice lineup, but we believe that the guys, you know, that are playing should be able to get points. So we're, we're disappointed with one point and two home games, but we feel like we made a lot of progress in a short time in the preseason. And when we get those guys back, we feel like we're going to be, a, you know, a very good team that can make a very deep run. And for the guys that played early on in the year, they were able to gain some experience, you know, if, if, if someone else does go down throughout the year. So the vibe is good. The vibe is positive and we continue to work hard and we continue to, you know, hopefully keep going up and we hope for three points this weekend away at, at New York. Does it, is it any kind of consolation to you as a player to know that, you know, even though only one point from the first two games, part of that was facing a, a lot of adversity with being down a man for an hour in the opener and then also, um, you know, really out-possessing, out-passing, and out-shooting, uh, uh, you know, Minnesota last weekend. Yeah, so that's that was a, a area of focus is we, you know, we have the ball a lot. We have a lot of crosses. We, we have more chances, but we need to be able to put them away, and we're, we're going to work on that this week. And getting Sasha back and having him play the number 10, we feel like will help create us, you know, create even more. Um, and that's important when you got when you have guys like Justin Merriam and, and guys like Chris Mueller and, you know, and, and Yoshi and Richie that, you know, if Sasha can help set him up, then that'll be, you know, positive for us. 
as, as a guy with some attacking instincts, how uh, how much do you have to restrain yourself from from jumping into the box <laughs> and, and getting involved? Yeah, it's funny. It's tough because a lot of teams leave two up, so I, I find myself often having to you know front front uh, the guy that's kind of furthest away from the center back. So it's tough. But today I got to work on shooting for the first time in a while and. Man, it was a good feeling. Um, so I have to restrain myself a bit. But I think, you know, if I play this week in the field's a little bit smaller. So, you know, maybe I'll find my way up there a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot smaller. Um, now, <laughs> if, what uh, what is, do you think your outlook is in terms of position when, you know, when Yuri comes back? Because, you know, Jason does mm-hmm. like that diamond. He likes to have that that guy holding midfield right in front of the center backs. And, and you know, Yuri's uh, got a, a history in this league of yeah. being very good at that. Do you Have you had discussions? Do you think there'll be some more attacking opportunities for you uh, in the midfield later? Um, I, I don't know. I think I, I don't think that will be the case. We have a bunch of eights and a bunch of tens. And I think that, you know, the six is probably the spot where, where, where it probably fits me best. Um, and like you said, Yuri's, you know, proven himself in this league and many other leagues around the world. And, and as a young kid, I respect that. I understand that. And being able to learn from a guy like Yuri is, is going to be, you know, an awesome experience, you know, being able to watch him, whether I'm in the 18 or not in the 18, um, it'd just be great to watch him. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll continue to put in the work, continue to grow. I know that it's, you know, it's a long process. I can't get upset if I'm not playing games here and there. Um, but I'll be ready when my when my jersey is called um, to step in and do whatever I have to do to help the team win. All right, Cam, before we let you get out of here, uh, one last question. I want you to tell us something that, you know, most people don't know about Cam Lindley and might be surprised to learn. Yeah, so I don't I, – it was a big thing in high school, but I doubt Orlando City fans know. I actually – I played high school basketball um, throughout, my, obviously, my high school career, and I won a state championship in Indiana my junior year, which if anyone knows anything about high school basketball – Winning a state championship in Indiana is pretty cool. There was like 15,000 people there. Um, I started, played the whole game, so it was it was pretty awesome. Um, and yeah, so basketball is probably one of my you know weird things. I'm not a very tall player, um, but <laughs> basketball is one of my you know biggest passions. So I, I played that until I couldn't anymore. I'm I'm just gonna guess with your um you know your 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 your, uh, your propensity for passing that you were maybe a point guard. I was. I was a pass-first guy, you know, shoot whenever I was open, but pass-first, get, get the other guys involved. <laughs> All right, well, Cam Lindley, uh, rookie midfielder for Orlando City SC, thanks so much for coming on the podcast with us, and certainly we wish you the best of luck uh, throughout the rest of the season. Thank you for having me. Uh, it means a lot. Okay, we want to give a big mainland thank you to Cam Lindley for uh, being with us on the podcast this week. Fantastic talking to him. And I think just based on the two conversations from the last two weeks, these uh, these youngsters for Orlando City have really good heads on their shoulders. They uh, are really grounded. They, ha- they know they have a lot of work to do. And I think we will see them around for a bit. One would hope so. Um, I think the uh, the investment um in the future hopefully will pay off which you know we, we talked about how it's a uh it's a bit of a mixed bag with um some 
longtime pros brought in and then some young guys and, and it's all being mixed together. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah, it's uh, – and almost before I forget, I want to thank uh, Rafa Cabrera for uh, setting that up from the Orlando City Communications Department. Thanks, Rafa. Always uh, always a pleasure working with you, my friend. Um, so I want to go back to these kids for a moment because it's kind of funny. Last year, all I heard from people was, why isn't R- Richie Larea and Pierre De Silva playing? Why isn't Tommy Reddy playing? Why, why aren't these – youngsters playing <laughs> and this year i'm hearing criticisms about the lineup selection why are we playing rookies um well michael you know you cannot win right <sighs> you know you can't win don't try exactly so, just give up yeah just give up so anyway hopefully they're the you know Hopefully the team will start getting some results once they start getting all their pieces back in the lineup. And, uh, you know, we can all look back and laugh at the doom and gloom crew from the first couple weeks of the season. But um, I think that you and I were more grounded entering the season. It's like, yes, there's a lot of new pieces that look like they're going to be uh, really, really great. And uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. But. Even if everybody had been healthy and ready and not suspended and ready to start the season, I still expected some growing pains for, you know, three, maybe four weeks to just, you know, and, and then they would maybe start to gel and kind of get all on the same page and start to roll forward. Um, and I think that the injuries and suspensions, all they did was to delay that. So I'm going to withhold judgment for a good two months on this team, regardless of what happens on the field. And, and I don't think that what's happened on the field has been, um, you know, less than promising. I think we've certainly seen some promising signs, despite the fact that so many players weren't available. So I'm actually probably, instead of being more pessimistic now than I was, like a lot of people are, I'm actually more optimistic than I was before. Are you saying that a bunch of players who have yet to play significant time together might need a little bit of time to gel? <laughs> Outrageous. Yeah, it's it's just crazy enough to work dave that might they... be. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh but yeah i, I it's funny too because a lot of people would not a lot of people that i grew up with or my in my family would not paint me as a necessarily a glass half full kind of guy um okay it, it, i mean i'm a miami dolphins fan so Oh, well. There's a lot of doom and gloom there, but uh, <laughs> especially since the, the the retirement of Dan Marino. But um, yeah, I, and Anna, you know, grew up a Cleveland Indians fan, so obviously there's a, a great deal of um, hesitation for me to believe anything good can happen in life. Uh, but for some reason, I just I'm I'm excited about this team. I'm a little bit more optimistic than I was before, and we'll see how it goes. We'll we'll see you know, over the course of the year. And, and you know, if people want to be all like Jason Christ needs to go, this season's going to bear that out one way or the other. Yeah, you'll either get your wish and you'll be sorry that you did because it means that we didn't do well, or we'll do well and you won't get your wish. And then, well, you'll still be upset even though we did well because that's <laughs> what the hashtag fire Christ people are like. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, though. I'm I'm. I feel very positive. All the offseason moves made me, you know, really excited for this season. And like you, um, my coworkers would not 
you know, say that I'm a, uh, a overly positive person most of the time. And, uh, although my, my girlfriend says that I'm the positive one in the relationship. So I guess that's something, but hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I was, I was, I was glad to hear that as well. Um, Makes you but, think. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, maybe it just means that I'm, I'm happier when I'm around her than when I'm at work. So that's probably not a real big surprise. Um, but regardless, uh, I am positive about this team. Um, I'm, Looking forward to having everybody everybody back and healthy and really seeing what can happen. Like you said, after a couple months, when they've had time to play together in gel, I, I think it could be a really nice product on the field. By the way, before we get into our mailbag, uh, I want to say that today at Media Day was the first chance I got to go over to the new Lion's Den Fanatics store uh, in the stadium. And it's really nice. I, I'm, I was, yeah. I was, yeah, I was very happy to see the the, the, the team shop in the stadium that that's been redone and um, good selection of items. In fact, they they've got all of the goalkeeper kits. So oh wow! Do, no matter which one you like, you know they've got it. So um, I was, not, it was good to see that and a nice selection of Orlando Pride stuff in there as well. So. Excellent. I've already uh, I've already got my eye on a hat and a shirt that I need, I think. So I'll probably be visiting there again soon. Um, so why don't we turn our attention to the uh, podcast mailbag and you can ask us anything uh, and you can do that a couple of ways. You can email us at uh, the mainland at Gmail dot com. Please remember to spell Maine like a lion's mane, M-A-N-E. Please remember to put the on the front, themainland at gmail.com. And the same for those things goes, uh, same thing goes uh, with regard to those things when it comes to our Twitter, at themainland. You can tweet to us and use the hashtag AskTMLPC, and uh, we will answer your questions on the air. In fact, Dave, I want to first say that, you know, in a couple weeks, I don't think I've mentioned the iTunes uh you know, reviews, but we haven't got any new ones, but if you give us a five-star review and you leave a, leave a review, not, not just uh, put your star rating in and then leave, uh, if you put your, you know, put your star rating in and leave us a review and it's a five-star review, we will read that sucker on the air. And sure. Cause we, we like hearing nice things. <laughs> yeah. Cause we gotta, we, you know, it's, it's our one moment of affirmation in, in, you know, all the gloom and doom. So, uh, so right. yeah, go to iTunes, do that. That'd be real big help for us. Tell your friends about us, uh, if you like what we do. And, um, you know, the, again, the reviews and the ratings help us reach other people. It pushes us up the, uh, the rankings and so that we're easier to find. So, uh, that would be great. Um, so let's get on to the mainland podcast email bag. We don't, we don't have a lot of ma- uh, mail this week. Um, so, Let's see. Um, the first question we have, and of course, uh, I'm not organized because organization takes time and I don't have time to do that. Uh, yes, Michael, definitely, because Michael works a full-time job. Actually, he works too because being the managing editor and founder of The Manland is a full-time job as well as his actual full-time job that, you know, gets him paid yeah the one that actually pays for my bills so that i have internet and can do this uh, <laughs> um so here we go we've got um we've got a question from spot and uh, wants to know at what point uh do you start worrying about results by the all-star game you would expect x points for playoff run to be probable and uh, you know i want to just say 
that I think somebody asked us that on in our own comments section on one of our stories. You know, at what point do you start worrying about results? And and I think that I'm willing to give this team a couple of months once everybody's in place because this is a team that's got enough talent and enough quality that even if they get a little bit behind the eight ball and they're a little bit below the line after a couple of months, they could put a run together. This is not this is not the 2015 Orlando City team. This is not like, oh my goodness, somebody's out. We have to play uh, Pedro Ribeiro at striker. This is <laughs> this is a team that, yeah, there is some depth at striker, uh, you know, issues. That's probably the the least deep portion of the team, but just so much quality everywhere else um i'm i'm very excited about this this uh lineup and I, i'm anxious to see what they can do once they start clicking on all cylinders so i'm gonna say i'm gonna give them a couple of months uh and and again i mentioned it before with jason Kreis. if this team is like 10th or 11th in the the conference come all-star break then you've got a right to start shouting for his head i think um sure. provided he does get some of those DPs in the lineup. I mean, if we still, if we go through half the season and the DPs can't get on the field, and 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 not just the DPs, but also Yuri Rossell, um, you know, then it's not a fair assessment. Uh, I think that you should judge the judge him on the team, and what we've seen so far is not the team. It's the it's the reserves essentially in a lot of spots. So. Um, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think it's fair to wait a couple of months and see how the results are, and I think it's also fair to wait till the All Star break uh, to to get rid of a coach that, frankly, I think um, a lot of people are a little hard on because it's so. Uh, what have you done for me lately, society? And they see what he's done here, they see what he's done in New York City, and they conclude must be bad. Um, <laughs> I, I saw one person that said uh, something like he got lucky with RSL. I mean, did he? I mean, can you get lucky for that many years in a row making the playoffs and, and winning a cup <laughs> and getting to the finals an additional time? I mean, winning one championship, you might say, oh, OK, there's a little luck involved. But of course, there's luck involved. getting back to the final a second time. I mean, that just that shows that the first time wasn't a fluke in my book. Well, true. And there's always luck involved in any sport. Um, you cannot win championships without luck. Right. You know, there's injury luck. There's, um, you know, calls going this way or that way. There's, you know, um, uh, time management or, you know, in, in the case of soccer, you know, um, substitution management. So there's there's plenty of luck that goes into uh, winning a championship. As far as when uh, can we start worrying about results? Let's get people back first yeah. and let them play together. I, it, we, like you say, this is the reserve. We haven't seen everybody. We're only just getting uh, Sasha back this weekend. Dom's going to be, you know, coming later. Uh, Coleman will be coming later. Uh, eventually, you know, how, has anybody mentioned Yuri recently? No, because we haven't seen him, and everybody's focused on the on the field pro, pro, um, uh, what's going on on the field. Mm -hmm. So it's. It's impossible to right now. Well, I say it's impossible. No, I mean they're going to do it. They're already they're already doing it. They're already bemoaning and gloom and doom and calling for Christ, Christ's head on a stick. And you know, so it's already happening. Um, but as far as when you and I will do it, yeah, we need to we need to have the the pieces back in place and have them have a little bit of time to then see what this team actually looks like. And at that point. Um, and even then you're going to have to, you know, 
the first time everybody's back together, are we playing at home or are we playing away? You know, it's incredibly hard to win away games. Um, there, there's so many factors that go into it. Um, but like you said, if, if we're sitting near the bottom of the table come All-Star break, then, you know, you and I will probably be complaining a bit too. Yeah, I mean, it, there there are combinations that don't work for, you know, just random reasons. I mean, it, it sports is, there's no, there's no cure-all. I mean, uh, Josie Mourinho goes to Chelsea, and within the, the first two years, he wins a championship. He goes to Manchester United, spends a buttload of money, and, you know, they can't get uh, can't seem to get over the hump and win any trophies. So uh, there's no magic bullet. There's no magic combination. Sometimes things work. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes, a, you know, a baseball player who's a slugger goes somewhere, and he can't hit 230, and he hits uh, 20 home runs, and he flames out, and then he gets traded, and he hits 40 home runs and hits 300. I mean, it's it's there's there are factors and you know you know it may not work out with jason christ here in the end but i don't think that he's been uh his body work so far is not something that i would i would personally judge because i just don't think first of all it took him a year and a half to get the the roster that he wants um there were there were flexibility issues with that roster i mean I can give you yeah. I can give you seven million reasons why there was some flexibility issues, <laughs> um, but uh, you know the you know let him get his guys on the field and see what happens and uh, you know don't talk and and the guys haven't hit the field don't yet. Don't talk to me about shapes and what shapes don't work in this day and age because I saw Sir Alex throwing out flat four four twos against every fashionable lineup there was and getting results. So any any shape can win if you have the right pieces to run it and i believe that when fully healthy and everyone's available there's probably not too many shapes that this particular uh roster couldn't handle agree it's just my my one man's humble opinion and maybe it's not so humble i don't know uh <laughs> cameron smith writes to us i'm not sure this was even an ask tml pc question but he asked, and so I'm going to throw it out there. It says, uh, do you know why Jose Villarreal hasn't been in the lineup yet? Could he be in it Saturday against New York City? Well, okay, let me start with the second part of that, uh, Cameron. Uh, yes, he could be. Um, and part <laughs> of the reason he could be is because uh, Dom's not back yet and uh, Stefano is injured. And we're seriously running out of bodies to run out there. Um, <laughs> Got to have people on the bench. <laughs> Why hasn't he been in the lineup yet? Well, uh, Jason will put the guys in the lineup that he trusts, and maybe he does, hasn't earned that trust yet. Um, maybe there's not so, something he's a little slow to pick up or something, uh, or he's, he's making too many mistakes in, in training. I don't know. I do know that there was a scrimmage um, Sunday, so, so a lot of the guys that didn't get on the field were able to play in that. I know Villarreal played. I don't have a lot of details because it wasn't open. Um, I know that uh, Lamine Sané played. So, um, you know, one of the things we could see Saturday in New York City, and we'll get into that game in, in just a bit, is we could see Sané get his first start for Orlando City. I mean, he was brought in here to be a starter, and I don't think that Tarek's played poorly. Uh, for the most part, I think Tarek's been fine, considering the fact that he's he's um, he's played, well, I think he played one MLS game with Columbus, Uh, And that was a couple of years ago. So uh, and he's playing against a guy who was also played in his first two uh, MLS games uh, ever uh, in El Munir. So um, I think Tarek's been okay. He actually has played better than I expected to, quite frankly, in some some respects. So and, and I think there's potential there for him to be even better. But, you know, with the 
with the the way they went after Sané and the the pedigree that he has from League One and the Bundesliga, they certainly would expect him to come in and be a starter. So um, I think he's uh, now that he's getting more match fit, I think we may see him in the lineup. Um, so uh, there could be some changes. Villarreal, I think will I think he will be in the 18 this week, uh, but I wouldn't swear to it. No, but uh, I agree. I think he'll be. I think he'll be there. Um, whether he makes the field or not, that that's a completely different question. As far as where he's been, um, Christ has always uh, said, and and I think stands by this, and that uh, he looks at how guys do that week in practice, and that's who makes you know that makes who, who makes the starting lineup. And obviously, uh, Villarreal has not um, impressed him enough to to do that. Um, if he learns whatever he's supposed to learn or sinks in and figures it out and uh, that could change. But as of right now, that's why we haven't seen him. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything really there other than, uh, you know, just not, uh, not gotten it done yet. And I think, uh, you know, he'll, he'll, I, th- I mean, I think he's a player with the quality that he'll, he'll eventually get to that point and, and he'll, he'll work his way in there. So uh, I think, he may have been uh, been returning from a, a preseason knock at some point, and and uh, maybe is just kind of getting back in the swing of things. I don't think there's um, much to worry about there at this point. So uh, I know that a lot of people are eager to see him play, and I am among those people. So we'll see. Hopefully he'll be in the 18, and and if he gets on the field, we'll hopefully see good things from Jose. Uh, that does it for me, Dave. Did you get anything this week? Got nothing. Uh, nothing this week on this side. All right. So I guess I guess we weren't very popular this week. Well, you know, it's you always get more mail after a, a result, after a win, and a good result. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, thanks to those who wrote. And um, again, you can uh, email us themainland at gmail dot com or tweet to us uh, at the mainland uh, with the hashtag #AskTMLPC. Uh, speaking of PC, he should be back from his suspension as well. And, uh, oh. it, you know, I do takes a lot of heat and yeah, the, I understand the red card anger, but, uh, I also thought he played pretty well in that opener before he got sent off. I mean, I don't, I, I was shocked actually at, uh, when I saw the stats, I was like, Hmm, uh, 94% passing. <laughs> I was, Cause I remember thinking, yeah, he's, he seems like he's really combining with Yoshi pretty well. Uh, they seem to have this, this, you know, South American connection or something. And, and then I saw the, the actual percentage and I was like, Whoa, it's better than I thought. I, I was doubly shocked because one, he was in, um, which surprised me. And then two, like you said, uh, you know, he, he did play well, um, uh, you know, just tamped down on the temper a little bit and, um, you know, he could, he could be a difference maker. Brings a lot of energy to the field. I think a lot, again, we go back to the people saying, uh, play your kids last year, and now this year they don't want the kids playing. PC's a young guy still, so I mean he's still still yeah. learning the game, still uh, not yet quite entering that prime part of his uh, his career. Um, and, and I know I get it. Everybody's frustrated. You want to win. You want to celebrate that first win of the season, and in what you thought was going to be this, uh, you know, a, a, a year that's different. And so far it doesn't feel different because you haven't seen the results yet. Uh, but it's early. I do urge patience. Uh, Paul Tenorio said right here on the podcast, it might not happen right away, but it should be a better season than you've seen uh, and a lot more fun than last year. I believe that's the case and I believe we're going to see it. So, um, you know, don't be frustrated. 
with the loss. It's still early. Don't be frustrated because it was Adrian Heath and Kevin Molino coming in here. Don't be frustrated because Minnesota United's terrible and they won. Uh, and don't be frustrated because Carlos Riva scored a brace and uh, Breck Shea also scored <laughs> this week. It's just one of those things. It happens. Uh, so, um, you know, we'll, we'll, We'll get back on the Be horse. happy that all of those things happened in the same week because that will probably never happen again. <laughs> so you had all the bad at one, just, you know, just take it all at once and then you can just flush it away and move on. Kudos to Carlos for his uh, two tap-ins against a, a team that was really struggling right now. And, uh, uh, oh, by the way, he also sent one into the upper deck. Right, so that should make everybody feel so, a little bit better. So, so, Except for whoever got hit by yeah, that. That's ball. so Rivas still lives on. Um, okay, so now before we get out of here, obviously we want to talk a little bit more about this week's game. And um, pretty soon we're going to have some Pride games to talk about, actually. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, we also have Orlando City at New York City FC, Dave. And I think that this is a matchup that, you know, on paper, even from almost day one, has looked like a, a matchup that, or, you know, Orlando City probably shouldn't do well in. But in the series between the two teams, Orlando's actually done quite well against New York City. And in fact, um, I think the 5-3 loss where Laren had the hat trick might be the only loss at New York City. Yeah, you might be right. And and. I had had a Laren hat trick in it. So even, even then, I mean, they, they pulled out, uh, you know, if Laren gets a hat trick and you still lose that, that was obviously a, a wild game. So, yeah. so some interesting uh, storylines here, obviously uh, RJ Allen is now with Orlando city used to be with New York city FC. The way Sutter has played the first two games, Dave, I would not be shocked to see RJ Allen get the start because he has experience on that tiny, tiny baseball diamond pitch up there at Yankee Stadium. And, um, you know, I would say that based on the way that Allen has played in his few minutes and the way that Sutter has played to start this season, uh, which kind of is biggest, the biggest shock to me of the season so far is that with an off with an actual off season, Sutter hasn't just started like a house on fire, but um, we ruined him. We didn't have him playing too we, much. That was yeah, a problem. We could, we could see an RJ Allen start at right back. Uh, in the return to Yankee Stadium. What do you think of that? Uh, it's interesting uh, whether it happens or not. I don't know. That's, um, yeah, it, it certainly, like you say, I mean, he, he knows the, uh, he knows the field there. So that's, that's a, a plus uh, for him. Um, Sutter hasn't looked like the Sutter of last year. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, there, I think there's going to be, a bunch of changes, you know, with Sasha coming back, I think that we're going to see, um, we're going to see some players moved around. Um, and that could, that could include the, the back line. So uh, it, let's put it this way. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I could see it going either way. What do you think about Sonny? Do you think Sonny gets his first, uh, Orlando city start? Yes, I do. Be interesting. I do. I, I, again, I don't think Tarek's played poorly, but I do think they brought Sane in here for a reason, and and that reason yes. is they feel like he could be a, a dominant type of center back uh, in MLS. So um, we will see 
uh, if that uh, is the case and he gets that first start. And again, this could be one more just uh, kind of a status quo game. Get us to the bye week and then we hit you with all our changes at once. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, you know, Jason Christ has has kept his cards close to the vest since he's been here. So um, it's really anybody's guess. But uh, I would say I'm going to put Sané starting at about a 65% chance. I'm going to say that's that's what I put it at. And I'll, I will say I'm going to go about 55% on RJ Allen and 45% on Sutter. Okay. Yeah, I'm 50-50 I'm on it because uh, I – you know, Sutter has been the starter, and um, you know, despite the the advantages that R.J. Allen may have in that particular stadium, I, it's for me, it's a toss-up. I agree that uh, I think Sonia comes in, uh, gets his first start because, like you say, um, you don't. They didn't go after him, and you don't bring in somebody who's played at the level he's played at to sit behind Tarek. Now, I I will say this, because I don't recall, due to my advancing age and failing memory, um, (laughs) how Sutter played at New York City uh, FC last year, um, I couldn't say really how he did. In fact, maybe maybe did he play in that game? That was early in the season. Um, And I'm not sure if he was fully into the, integrated into the side yet. I know it's a little fuzzy. It's a little, I'm a little fuzzy on the details, but well, not only that, but that back line had so many changes last year. It would be impossible for any, anybody to remember <laughs> any particular back line lineup uh, of, of any match last, last season. Yeah. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm imagining we're going to see Merrim and Mueller up top because that's what's left. And, uh, <laughs> right. um, maybe, uh, a chance to put Villarreal on the bench. Um, question will be in the midfield. Yotun will be in the midfield. The question then becomes who else is in the midfield, Dave? And I got to think that Cam Lindley stays at the uh, defensive mid. I'd agree. He's, um, he's played well. Um, you know, people say, you know, he had that one bad pass that really, okay, well, it was one bad pass. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I think, Cam stays in there, uh, obviously Yotun and, and Sasha. And uh, so then that brings up uh, who else? And, you know, it. I think it might be PC. It could be. Um, but I, I know uh, Jason loves him some, some Will Johnson. So um, that's true. Uh, and, and, you know, he trusts Will Johnson's going to give him a, a workman like shift. He's going to work hard. He's going to make um, life difficult for the opponent however he can and um he doesn't have to worry about motivating him uh so and he's a leader on the field and i think every player that we've talked to has pointed to will johnson as being a leader on this team and certainly cam and chris mueller both pointed to will as well as specter and um dom uh and sasha question as as really and Bendik as the leaders of this team. So, so Mm -hmm. the leadership group seems to be pretty unanimous amongst everybody. Um, I I think probably a Johnson Yotun on the wings, Lindley at the six and, um, and Sasha Kleshen at the 10 is probably what we'll see. 
that's that's a very solid prediction. Um, it also sounded like you were going out on a limb and saying that uh, Joe Bendick would be in goal. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record now so that um, nobody can say that I didn't predict this ahead of time. Okay. That Joe Bendick that's... Joe Bendick will start in goal if he's healthy. That is completely and totally not bold in any sense of the word. <laughs> that is an ice cold take. <laughs> that is a, that is an Antarctic take right there for uh, for that uh, particular position. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's we think we know what the lineup will be. The back line is probably the big question mark. Uh, what changes, if any, get made? And if and again, it, it could be that Jason says, you know what, I'm going to stick with it for now. And then we've got the bye week. And then if I want to make changes, I make them all at once. So that, that could be the plan as well. So we really don't know. But we will find out on Saturday afternoon when the Lions uh, invade New York, and uh, or the Bronx at least, at least one of the boroughs of New York, and uh, and play on a, on a baseball diamond. And, and we'll hopefully come away with the result. If it's, if it's a point, it's probably a great point. If it's all yeah. three, that's probably more than you should even expect. But uh, yeah. given, you know, the fact that a lot of people are picking New York City to win the East, even after Toronto strengthened its team after winning the treble uh, and having, uh, you know, what a lot of people consider the greatest season of any MLS team ever, they strengthen their roster and people are still picking New York City to beat them. So that says a lot. I mean, that, that says that it it's does. a quality side and it's a, a side that a lot of people expect to to uh, reach the final and potentially win MLS Cup this year. And Villa looks good. Obviously, uh, Maxi Morales is good. Alexander Ring is good. Uh, looks like they got their defensive situation sorted out. Um, they've got a player who's really uh, physical. Uh, Tinnerholm was, like, just chopping the crap out of people in that Sporting Kansas City game. I watched the first half of that game, and I was thinking, this guy looks like he's going to get a yellow card every time someone comes near him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he looks like maybe he's settling in. And, uh, you know, just a, a really um, a good lineup there. So um, and they've been playing well, they've been playing well. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. Via usually scores a goal against Orlando. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. Let's get your uh, key matchup and your prediction for that game, Dave. All right. So uh, key matchup. We need to find some sort of offense. Um so it for me it's it's how does uh, young Mueller uh, do on his first away match? Uh, is he able to keep the intensity but not uh, not let the temper uh, flare up too much? And then also uh, does um, Justin come back and have a game like the first match rather than the second match? If those two, you know, if, if they attack. Uh, is a little bit better, I think, with Sasha um, playing in the 10 spot. Um, there may be some um, there may be some chances that Orlando City is able to to take. Um, even with all that, um, I, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say one one. Uh, I think that Mueller finally breaks through, gets his first one. Uh, thanks to an assist from uh, Sasha. However, I think we're playing uh, from behind again. I think that uh, New York gets the first uh, goal of the match, and then we have to we have to come back and 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 tie it up. And I think that's that's where it ends. The the only reason I'm not 
predicting a loss is um, New York City has has played well, and um, you know historically we've got we've done decently against them up there. So it's it's kind of just a hope thing that uh, they're due for a not so good game, and we're due for a good one. <laughs> So, you know, it's, there's, there's nothing more behind it than that. And, and wanting Mueller to score the old we're due argument. Uh, it's <laughs> at this point in the season, it's almost as valid as anything else. Yeah. A couple of guys I didn't mention that also are outstanding players for uh, New York city. Uh, Young hell uh, Herrera and uh, Jesus Medina has been very good for them as well. So um, just a, a lot of, a lot of talent, I think a lot of quality on that team. And, uh, I'm uh, interested to see how Orlando City attacks. I think that, for me, the key matchup is going to be the attack. It's going to be Orlando City. Can they score goals? They're going to need to score goals to win this game uh, or even to get a draw. And uh, that's the key for me is, is regardless of the, you know, Ring is, is a is a he's a ball winner and that, that back line has been playing much improved. And Sean Johnson's a good goalkeeper. So, um the Orlando city forwards against that defense is going to be my key matchup. Can they get goals? And um, I'm going to go back to, you know, being my pessimistic self. I'm going to say, until you show me, you can win a game without your DPs. I'm not going to pick you to win a game. And I'm going to say my, uh, my prediction will be the pigeons uh, win it two to one at home. Um, and I think that the goal comes from somewhere unexpected, like a Will Johnson, uh, because he and, and Sasha clicked very well in the preseason. I think maybe Sasha slips him in and uh, gets him a, a goal, and uh, maybe it ends up 2-1. So uh, we'll see how it unfolds. Th- that right there is we, – we were almost the same. I mean, obviously a little bit different on the score and who's, gonna, who's going to get this, the goal, mm-hmm. but uh, we picked the same key matchup, and, and, and I was – like I said, I was only being optimistic with my 1-1. I, I was oscillating back and forth between 2-1 New York City and 1-1 and draw. So uh, it's never a good thing when Michael and I are on the same page on this. <laughs> well, I mean, we're not exactly on the same page. So, I mean, it's like, no, we're not. We didn't pick That's... the same result. So, um, no. I, I, to me, it, it's it's like this. I figure... Again, you know, you I just fall back on old habits, and it's if, you, if you're if you not showing me you can win, I'm not going to pick you to win. Uh, it's also a road game, which has been historically uh, not good, although New York has been a, a, an aberration in that. Um, but show me you can win, and then I might pick you to win again. I mean, it's the other thing about it is, is if I'm if I'm wrong, I'm happy. If I'm right, at least I predicted it. <laughs> People think I know stuff. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure how it'll unfold. I, I think maybe it might unfold like the LA game did, where uh, where New York gets a gets a couple goals and then uh, we pull one back. I don't know. It's uh, New York's looking very strong. They they. They did. They looked comfortable against Sporting Kansas City on the road. They come home and they beat the Galaxy and outshoot them 20 to seven, um, which is, you know, Galaxy is a team that a lot of people expect big things from in the West. Uh, so it's it's kind of hard to, to tell what's going to happen. But uh, the the thing that I love about our sport is that anything can happen once the ball is kicked off. I mean, you can you can go on the road as Minnesota United and win a game. I think they've won. I think they might have been the only team to win at Houston last year, if I'm remembering that right. 
yeah, I think you are correct in that. And Houston was unbeatable at home, but yeah. at Minnesota and Minnesota, I don't know if they had won a game to that point. And uh, so it's crazy things happen in soccer. Sometimes, sometimes the best team doesn't win. Um, we've been on both ends of that. We've seen Orlando City yes, we have. win games they had no business winning and lose games they had no business losing, and that's. I mean, it happens. You you see it with your your EPL team, Liverpool. I see it with my team, Manchester United, and mm-hmm. you see it all the time. It's like, oh, cool, we beat Chelsea, and then we lost to Sevilla, <laughs> you know, or we beat, <laughs> you know, whatever. It, it's it's. <laughs> Watford came up and beat us. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's that's class. That's classic. Uh, Manchester United went to went to Newcastle and couldn't beat Newcastle uh, a right. few weeks back. So. Uh, you know, it, it happens and it doesn't mean your team that you support is not as good a team as the team that beat it. I mean, I, I think if you polled, every, you know, all the GMs in MLS who finishes with more points, Minnesota, Orlando City, even after that game and even after two weeks, it's, I still think the majority of those GMs are going to say Orlando City even might be unanimous. Uh, yeah. I mean, even yeah, even I... Minnesota's GM might think that <laughs> deep down inside. Um, but uh, anyway, that's the great thing is we got games to be played and we're in the season. So let's enjoy the season because before you know it, it'll be the off season again. And we'll be, uh, you know, waiting and talking to you once a month again. So let's let's have some fun. Uh, let's let's cheer on the Lions this weekend against uh, the Pigeons of New York City FC. I think that's a great nickname for them, by the way. And, um, you know, we'll, like we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, one guy that's had some success against, uh, you know, New York City FC is Sasha Kleshton, who's returning to the lineup. So um, yep. I'm really excited because we're finally going to see a DP on the field. That's uh, uh, that is a, a milestone for this season is, <laughs> is having a DP on the field and what that could possibly mean for the team. Yep. Uh, given our picks, I think it means we get a draw. All right. Well, we'll find out and uh, we'll be back to talk about it next week. We will have a full recap of the game um, next week's podcast. We'll have more guests. We'll probably uh, we'll be previewing that pride opener uh, against uh, Utah, the first ever game for the uh, the Utah Royals. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will preview the bye week for Orlando city because <laughs> they won't have a game that next week. So, uh, it'll be fun, uh, to, to get back on the field, see what happens. Um, by the way, this game, if, if you're not aware, is actually going to be streamed on Twitter. Ooh. So okay. if you're not going to be in front of a TV, but you get your phone handy, you can still watch the game. Yeah. That's going to be me. I'm going to be at work. Yeah. So, uh, enjoy it, uh, on Twitter or on MLS, uh, live, uh, for free. And uh, or, you know, of course, you can watch it at home. So that's going to be fun. Uh, Anyway, I will sign this thing off now. We'll be back to 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 break down all the nuances of the New York City FC Orlando City match next week. And uh, please visit our website. TheMainland.com is where you can find all of our content leading up to the game and post game. And of course, uh, you uh, you can feel free to like us on Facebook and uh, follow us on Twitter. And uh, of course, subscribe. If you just listening to this podcast for the first time, subscribe, please. And tell all your friends about us and leave us some feedback. So on behalf of David Rowe, I am Michael Citro, the founder, managing editor of the mainland.com signing off the way I always do by saying go city. <laughs>